Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to my favorite day of the week, the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, lead faculty for Influential You and your co-host for this weekly podcast. John will join us again next week. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we have helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, more you. Today, we welcome Crystal Evans to the Influential You podcast. Crystal Evans is the owner of Conejo Awards, a 50-year-old promotional products award business gifts and signage company located in Thousand Oaks, California. Now, Crystal and I met at a young professional mega mixer about six or seven years ago and just shared photos of our dogs. That's how we became friends. But when I got my new job at Influential You, she was one of the first to believe and support me in my endeavors. And it's safe to say she's grown alongside me and I've loved studying with her over the last four years. I'm trying to make her cry before we start. Crystal holds her bachelor's of science in business administration and marketing from California Lutheran University and has completed the Fundamentals of Transaction Mechanics and Practice programs, and is currently working through Mechanics and Practice 2, Planning, Strategy, Tactics, and Implementation. And I'm just letting Liz know, she's also promising to get her homework in, and I, yes, I told her I was going to do this before. Crystal describes herself as ambitious, creative, disciplined, and eager to learn. And as you'll hear in the interview, she had to face a lot of naivete, because her thinking and some of the things that she was doing weren't really working. And now she has a plan to help her business thrive. Please welcome to the Influential You podcast, Crystal Evans. I push that button and we get to go. <laughs> Hi, Crystal. Welcome. Hello. Now, I probably undersold your company, but could you tell me in your own words, what do you provide in the marketplace? What is your company all about? So Caneo Awards is all about unique recognition pieces, beautiful custom created awards, um, anything from needing to show appreciation to employees, to donors, any of your referral partners, or just somebody special in your life. We do a lot around the holidays for aunts, uncles, family members, you know, your significant other. Um, we also help companies with physical branding products. So anything you need to put your logo on so that you can hand it out so you keep your brand top of mind for everybody out and about in the community, we can help you with that. Uh, so good. Now, I, I do want to brag about Crystal Evans a little bit, and I'll let Joey put uh, her website up on the screen as you see this. This right here is like a magnetic um, binder that she, we'll talk about this later, but it's kind of a funny story that we made for some presentations and this is all her. I'm pretty sure these mugs might be her. Like, it's kind of wonderful because we have like our own client in-house that helps us with a lot of this stuff and it helps her business and it's, it's really fun. So it, she's absolutely great. The quality's good and I can vouch for her. So there you go. I will pay you or you can pay me or however this works <laughs> later. So we, we talk a little bit about what happened to kind of before you study with us here at Influential You. And in your own words, tell me a little bit about your story. How did you get into business? Like, how was your rise to, you know, becoming a business owner? How did that, how did that go for you? So it really started, I mean, right out of high school, I went to Cal Lutheran University. Um, I was playing volleyball there. Um, that was my, one of my top schools of choice. Mm -hmm. um, and so went in, majored in business administration with an emphasis in marketing. Um, I wanted to be really connected in the community. This is another reason I chose Cal Lutheran. Um, 
we, I wanted to stay local. A lot of my friends took off. They're like, I'm out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm like, I like California. I like the weather. I'm going to stay here. My family's here. Um, and so I really started my journey there. And I did, you know, I had like the templated, you know, you graduate high school, you get your degree, you go to college, you know, get a four-year bachelor's degree. Um, and then you get a job and then you look for a house and you try to find a significant other and you start a family and, you know, very much was following my, my parents' template, mm. but that was very different. They're a different generation than we are. So, um, but yeah, that was where it, you know, where it all started. And I was going down the path. I worked for a veterinary hospital. That's where we met. Um, yep, that's where we met. Yep. That's why we were sharing pictures of dogs. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So, and I mean, I did well there. It was my first job out of out of college and it was actually really exciting because I thought I was going to have some boring like marketing like oh I just like I'm a receptionist for a marketing big wig and you know I book appointments and stuff but I actually got to be really hands-on with the animals do a lot of social media um, we were planning a big move from a false a small facility to a big facility with added um, services so there was a lot of a lot of new and exciting things and it was kind of a like a wing it thing like they hired this kid out of college because mm. you know they couldn't afford the marketing professional and i just was like well here we go <laughs> so, i can i can fit that space yeah, yeah can. exactly so and then i you know i grew at the hospital the owner was a big mentor of mine during the time he was very business oriented which is not typical in the veterinary industry typically it's a vet who's just thinking about the medical side and the patient care which is super important but you also if you want to keep your practice open you have to be business-minded as well. So I learned a lot there. Um, you know, I ended up buying my first condo um, right before I turned 30. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Like, especially for living in California, you know, it's, it's expensive out here. It's not, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and so, you know, and then there was more opportunity. Um, I was presented with the opportunity to take over Conejo Awards. Um, and being an entrepreneur was always something that I had wanted to do. Um, but I had never really sat down and thought about like, how am I going to get there? I was, I was very happy in my bubble, like, you know, doing marketing, running a hospital, like, you know, working with the animals and stuff. And so it was funny because I got the offer um, and I talked to my parents and my mom was just like, you know, you should just go for it. Wow. You know, we, she's like, we'll support you however we can. Um, you don't have a lot of commitments. You know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like the condo was rented, so I didn't have to worry about a mortgage. Um, and so that's where the entrepreneur journey started. So it's so good. And so I'm, I'm going to ask this question because inside of your survey, when we, we talked about this before the show, um, you said that it was not true, accurate thinking that you were doing lots of influences were were kind of in your ears um but you were naive in thinking as well because before the pandemic things just kind of went your way right mm -hmm. you you fall into a job in which pays you enough in california to buy a condo which <laughs> josh doesn't have a condo you were able to do a lot of different things so tell me a little bit about kind of the 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 true accurate thinking or, or what you thought was the accurate thinking or why it wasn't true and then secondly um you're naive in your thinking. Tell me more about that. Well, I think I didn't have the the future thinking. So it was very like, I'm a performer, so I'm very in the moment. You know, I love being in the present. And sometimes I'm not thinking about, you know, five years down the line. I'm just like, hey, what am I going to have for lunch today? Like, and that's as far as it goes. Um, 
And so that was a lot of it is because I had accumulated these, you know, achievement or milestones of success. I was like, hey, I'm doing it right. And, you know, I don't have to think about it because everything's worked out so far. So if I just keep going the way I'm going, then eventually I'm going to hit the next milestone and it'll be fine. So there was just a lot of like, you know, some people call it luck. Um, I feel like it's a combination of luck and an instilled like basic knowledge. Um, you know, my parents are very forward thinking and, you know, they plan and they're, you know, they were much more strategic than I was, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially yeah. in my early twenties. Um, and so I think learning that as like, as I was growing up, you know, that was instilled like when I was, I was in like fourth grade and my dad would come home and talk to me about financials from the restaurants and stuff. And wow. I loved it. Like, <laughs> I was wow. like such a nerd, you know, but I think, having that base knowledge contributed to the success and that just helped me. But realistically, I was just getting by. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't accurately thought out. It wasn't ambitious. It was just, you know, I have a skill set, and I kind of just float through with it. Yeah. And that, that naivete and the things that you were thinking when you, when you were looking at it, it was working out. You said something about ego and conceit. <laughs> yes. And I went, wow, that's a little extreme, but I guess that's what we say. So I went, oh yeah, that's probably, we taught her that thing. Yeah. But tell me, tell me about the ego and conceit that you were like, you had to face when you started to, you know, kind of learn that you were living in that kind of way. Yeah. What opened your eyes to those kind of things? Uh, so the pandemic was a really big eye opener. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I knew I had the ability to do strong networking. I had, when I took over Caneo Awards, I already had so many strong relationships in the chamber for the greater Caneo Valley. And so there was a big clientele pool that I knew I could immediately hit on. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, there was like an, like an ego around everybody likes me kind of oh. thing. I don't run into, you know, people yeah. that, or they're not gonna openly tell me to my face that they don't like me um, kind of thing. And so there's, there was an assumption of, you know, everybody's gonna wanna do business with me cause I'm this awesome person and, you know, not everybody feels that way with, you know, facts yeah. <laughs> or reality. And I, I love that because that's going to lead us into right the second part. Like, so then you start to study with us first before we get into to that. And we'll come back to that in a second. What was that thing? Like, because you know me, you trust mm -hmm. me. But at the same time, like you came and saw Drew speak. Yep. Uh, my, our vice president out of um, New Zealand. Yep. And Drew was speaking with Kirkland. And I remember that was the first time that you got to see the whole presentation and really get it from them. Tell me kind of the experience. Where were you at when you're like, that's it, I got to do it? Yeah. Well, so we really went, uh, Tim Joyce and I, we really went just to support you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Tim Joyce, by the way, we love you. And we, well, I bet he's watching. I think he's watching. I yeah. <laughs> so we really just went to support you because you're a friend. We support you. We, you know, we're super excited about your new endeavor and everything. And, you know, sitting there and kind of working through it, it's, Initially, you're like, oh, this is just going to be one of those programs or it's going to be another like DISC or Myers-Briggs. And, you know, as they're sitting there and talking about it and it's not just what they're telling you and communicating, it's the questions they're asking, you know, in those initial workshops. It really makes you think. And then that's kind of what triggered it for me was, oh, well, I'm not thinking about anything the right way, mm. <laughs> like, you know, and it was the fact that I couldn't answer the questions or I didn't have clear, precise goals that I could spread out, you know, we call them aims, yep. but at the time, you know, my thinking was goals and things like that. And so, you know, the fact that I couldn't articulate it and I couldn't answer those questions, like I had no idea, like, I don't even think I answered on the survey. I was just like, I think this, like, 
kind of thing. And so my paperwork was probably, they were like, this girl needs help. <laughs> That's great. So it was so, kind of like you, you saw all these spots that you felt like you knew, but then it started to help you question, hey, maybe I don't really have a plan. Maybe yep. I should get one. And that was kind of your deciding factor. Hey, uh, I need a plan. They have a plan. Yes. Okay. And then you get in there and you start to look at the naivete, the ego, the conceit. What, where did that come from? Like, cause you, you said that it was about around your mechanics and practice programs mm -hmm. when you started to really see that. So you've gone through the six month fundamentals of transaction yep. and now you're doing the next program. Tell me more about facing those things. What were those things like? How did they stick out to you? So I think the, you know, there was the, a lot of it was triggered by the fear of I'm going to lose my business. So, but then with those fears, because I was in mechanics and practice, like everything from fundamentals of transaction was starting to make sense. It was starting to click. And I was like, okay, this is how we apply all of these things that we've learned. Everything's making so much sense. And so there was a light at the end of the tunnel. It was, okay, I'm not going to lose my businesses. This is how I'm going to move forward. Or this is how it's not going to be so bad. Like maybe I'll lose one, but I'll still have the other. Or, you know, once we got a certain point into mechanics and practice and bouncing things off my study group and just talking about different, you know, aspects and the way to like plan and move forward and to think accurately about all these things, the panic left of I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. And it turned into, okay, it's going to be tough, but this is how I get to the light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. I, I love that. And I, I love something you threw in there that I need to also recognize is that during the program, she also purchased a second location. And when she purchased the second location, she had to get some help with the transaction. And, yes. and Kirkland, I know helped and because I'm not qualified to help you buy a business. <laughs> right. And so it's, it's nice to know um, and, and recognize the fact that you, you kept moving right before the pandemic. Yeah. And then boom faced with this giant closure of everything, people suddenly don't need awards or I don't know. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask it this way, um, because one of the things that you put in the survey was you didn't lose your business. Yes. And I, I want to hear more about, you know, that thinking, um, because I imagine it was a hard few years. And in your industry, there's a lot of competition. And like yes. you're so tell me a little bit about all of that. How did you survive the pandemic in a, I guess, a, a time when a lot of businesses like yours didn't stay open. Right. So first of all, I don't know that I'm going to call it competition oh. because huh. we do, you know, we are a little bit more niche where there's something that separates us from everybody else. Um, if I, if I may just, yes, we I know that. <laughs> I know that very well. Well done. <laughs> I have now been fixed on my transactional competence by the master. Well played. Go on. Fantastic. <laughs> so it was a lot of it was a lot of thinking, a lot of planning. Um, you know, companies weren't having awards dinners. They, you know, weren't having events. We weren't doing promotional products. There was nobody to give your stuff out to because nothing was happening. So it was a lot of reinvention. Um, so instead of here's your typical awards here, come pick them up for the dinner. It's, Hey, your sales team is at home. They're all working really hard. Typically we do awards, but how about something more functional? that maybe your entire staff can use, you know, or would feel appreciated with. Oh, and hey, fun fact, we can ship individually for you. So we will send it to your whole team, you know, just give us the address list, we'll drop ship everything, package it. Do you wanna add a note that tells them like how grateful you are or thanking them for hanging in there during these tough times? So it was a lot of 
you know, let's look outside the box. Let's, you know, do something a little different. Um, you know, normally we would send them a crystal piece, but they're at home. So maybe an embroidered blanket or how about we laser engrave some Bluetooth speakers or a wireless wow. charging thing, you know, things like that. So, so it was very, I mean, it was very customer intimate. Yes. And I find that, um, in that there were a couple times where we've had discussions along the way that crack me up, right? Cause yeah. there's a point in which you must make invitations. Yes. And you weren't necessarily doing that. Um, and I think you know where I'm going. You yes. want to tell that story just a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, one of my things, especially as a performer and loving people and connecting, one of the things I'm really good at is giving referrals. Um, okay. one of the things I am not good at is asking for referrals. Um, and so that's something where, me personally, I need to work more on leveraging my network, leveraging, you know, my resources and just the people around me. I give people, you know, referrals all the time for different services just because I'm very well connected. I do a lot of networking. And so, and there's nothing wrong with asking for the referral back and, you know, hey, maybe some reciprocation. Like not everybody thinks about it, but just that little nudge, you know, can help you get a little extra business. Yeah. And I will say that little extra nudge was hilarious because I'm, I'm going to tell the story quickly. <laughs> You and I were talking and I, I mentioned money was a little, you know, tight. Yeah. And, and so I said something to the extent of, well, when was the last time that you asked for a referral? Yeah. Did you ever think that maybe I knew some people that could possibly use your services? <laughs> and you laughed. And then I said, actually, I need something to give to people at this conference we're going to. What do you think? And you suggest the binders that I have yep. in my hand right now that you can hear in my microphone if you're listening tomorrow <laughs> on, the, on the podcast that clicks shut. And these were a massive hit because they were one-offs for each of the people that we yep. met with. And it was simple, easy for us. And you had a sale right then and there yep. just from the invitation of asking for invitations. Yep. There's another story that I'll just bring up and we don't have to say who the client was or anything like that, but in the middle of a pandemic, mm -hmm. you're able to make a massive sale that yep. kind of repeats itself uh, to the extent that you can. Tell me a little bit about that because that's not something that I think a lot of companies go out and fish for right in your industry. Yeah. So it's really, it was really about staying connected with the previous, I don't know what to call them. Um, like account rep, I guess. Okay. Um, or event organizer. Sure. And so they were so happy with something that we had done, but their event no longer existed, but because they were so happy with the, the service, the consistency of everything, the, you know, the uniqueness of what we can offer, they actually referred everybody else in the company and we picked up a newer growing territory as well. So we ended up, you know, creating a little over 250 custom award pieces. And, you know, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it. It's not, you know, it's not a quick little, here you go, but it's something that you can't find anywhere else, you know, custom cut to what this is, what they were looking for engraved, personalized, and it's a big hit. And so we just, you know, signed our contract for the third year with that same group, you know? Wow. Third so. and third year too. Cause I, I still remember clear as day walking my dog down the street, laughing about <laughs> walking my dog and talking on the phone with you. And you said a line that was probably the best compliment I've received since I've worked here. Do you remember what that line was? I don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, you said literally my company helped you save your business. Yes. Um, tell me more about just that because, you know, obviously it's our podcast. And, and if, right. you're, if you're just listening, <laughs> uh, this is the Influential You podcast. This is Crystal Evans, uh, owner of Conejo Awards. And go ahead. Yeah. So 
you know, it's going back to that everything just works out for me attitude. And, you know, I'm just going to wing it and I kind of know what I'm doing and, you know, I'll figure it out as I go. But that only gets you so far. And so in the middle of the pandemic, in the midst of I'm going to lose everything, what did I do? I gave up my career. It's only been, you know, two years in the business and this was a horrible decision to influential you showing me how to plan how to think accurately, how to really have those ambitious aims, but also be able to do something with the ambitious aim. And so that's where, you know, we looked at, we reformatted how we were staffing, how we were running production. Um, I looked at where can I cut costs, where, you know, where can I leverage more resources um, and things like that. And so without any of that, I probably would have just given up and been like, well, bankruptcy looks great. I'm only 30. So, you know, I can recover from this. But instead, I had the ambitious mentality to actually fight to keep the business and to really, you know, work hard, sit down, plan it, look at my resources, you know, leverage my growing ecology of all these awesome new people that I have connections with. So I want to study with you, help you with time yes. management, help you with money management, all yep. of those different offers that people have that you just happen to know and, and you speak a similar language. Exactly. And I'll, I'll say this, it's kind of the, the, the thing that popped into my mind when you were talking was this idea of the overnight success, mm -hmm. like the 10 years in the making that we talk about all the time about the black eyed peas or yep. like bands that we like that, you know, overnight, Oh, you, Oh, I know this. Lake Street Dive has been coming up all the time in conversation. Mm -hmm. I opened for them in 2012. Okay. It feels good when you know the overnight success <laughs> that took 10 years to happen. Yep. And it's fascinating to me because so many people don't see the work and action that you have to take right. in order to get there. And I feel like you're in my story and, and part of the brilliance of putting having John Patterson put me in the seat is the idea that people get to watch us move right. and watch us grow and it becomes real for everybody. Hey, Josh was kind of struggling. <laughs> and now what's he doing four years later? And now, so that's that's what I see in you. Yeah. And I just wanted to make sure that I called that out. But you also said that you learned something else. You rearranged the way that you started doing your um, hiring. Yes. And roles. Tell me about that. What? Tell me about that process and what you kind of gleaned from us and what you tried to be doing your business? So it was really looking at the different personality types and being able to leverage the personality type with their strengths and knowing what those weaknesses are. So it was shifting people's roles around and kind of shifting our processes around too. So one of the big things that we've changed that we're currently working on that's kind of evolving is um, we created, I have two locations. Um, you know, the second one, it was touch and go. Should I have done it? Should I have not have done it? Um, mm -hmm. But it turns out it actually is helping me maximize my production force, um, which I ended up losing a production person. So without that second location, I would be dead in the water with just the one location. Mm -hmm. But also looking at my manager at one location is very production minded and he's very good at seeing, okay, here's all the jobs for the week. Let's organize. I'm going to send everything that is related to this process on this day over to this store. Everything that's related over here, we're going to do this day. And so basically we have a production schedule that we work off of now. And it alternates between the stores based on, you know, the workload, where we have the employees or where we have the materials. And so 
being able to maximize the efficiency is helping us to get the jobs out faster, which brings in the income faster. Um, we're also able to utilize people's skills better as well. Um, so looking, we're putting different people into the, like the quality control area, yeah. you know, so we're not, we have a, you know, we have a process, it gets produced, it gets checked, and then the client's notified. And so we don't want to run into too many times where we're having to redo something because yes, there's a margin in there, but it's not an infinite margin. Yeah. So we can only redo things so many times. And there's also shouldn't be a need to redo it. Obviously things happen you know, you're going to have an equipment malfunction or, you know, we're in California, so the power goes out halfway through a job and, you know, um, but so really streamlining and moving employees into where they are the most efficient and effective and then stream, it ends up streamlining the whole process. So, and, and part of that was the, the personalities, the transactional personalities yes. and saying, Hey, this person's a producer. Yes. I really need them to be in the fulfillment. Right. You know, that's where they're really good. Oh, yep. this person's a judge. Yes. Quality management. Yep. Hey, this person, a performer. Wait, I'm a performer. No, yeah. I can't hire you. I don't need more, <laughs> right. more happy go lucky here. We got busy. We got work to do. Exactly. So it's, it's fun for me to kind of see you be able to organize it in that way. See those skill sets easily and know yep. the personality. But one of the other things is also, it's not just the personality. It's also the want to do yes. that type of work. Mm -hmm. Just because someone would be a producer doesn't mean that they just naturally want to do the fulfillment right. all the time. And so getting the right person in the right position yes. with the right worldview, where they understand where their value is, right. is really valuable. And I love that, um, that you have that. Um, the last thing I'll say is this, you, you talked a lot about this today. Thinking in my aims in terms of facts and leveraging appropriately. Now, first I read it and said, I don't know what that means. And then I thought about <laughs> my transactional personality of a performer who doesn't necessarily deal with facts the yeah. same way everybody else does. A good example for those of you listening, um, I tell a story about a fish I caught and almost every woman that I've dated has been a judge and said it wasn't that big. It actually was this. And they, they ruin <laughs> the story with their facts. Yep. And as Kirkland always says, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, but <laughs> you started to relate to facts differently. And I'd love to hear your, you talk about thinking about your aims in terms of facts and leveraging that. Yeah. So I initially live in performer land, you know, that's where my home base is and that's where I like to hang out and float around. But, you know, being a business owner, you have to take on other types of personality traits. You know, it's not comfortable, but, you know, when you're... The top person and the buck stops with you you kind of just have to move into those uncomfortable roles now you always want to surround yourself with people that specialize in those but when the last issue when you're the final decision you have to start thinking about the facts you can't just live in you know i can't just live in performer land or producer land you know when i lean performer or lean producer and i'm like well it's just easier if i do it all myself and that's not actually the case um and so instead of just, you know, putting my head in the sand and ignoring everything, I had to face the facts. So I had to look at things like, where do we reinvent this? You know, did this actually, you know, what was the assessment at the end? Did we do this as efficiently as we could have, you know, and then really digging into the process into looking at where do I really want to be in 10 years? And what resources do I have to get me to that tenure, you know, it, I would love it if somebody could just be like, well, here's your map, you know, follow it, like, have fun, go talk to all the people, network with everybody. And, you know, we'll see you in 10 years when you're super like happy and your aims are filled and met and everything. But unfortunately, 
when it comes to your own personal aims, you have to move into the facts and look at your resources and really assess like, is was that last transaction the way it was supposed to be? So I love that for so many reasons. And I'm going to highlight this one as you get a, a drink of water because you can, you can talk <laughs> a little bit. I, I, it's different for you. <laughs> well, I find that, that one of the things that I love that you just said there in the idea of leveraging those facts appropriately is a lot of people just have this blanket ethic. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you just keep swimming, right. hey, it'll all just work out. We're just going to, we're going to grab some loans. We'll be okay. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me how many people don't stop and slow down to speed up. And it's very apparent that you really took the time. You know, nobody is going to give you the manual that's just going to make it. <laughs> right. But we do give you the opportunity to build your own manual and now yep. refine it. And that's really what you're doing the mechanics and practice and mechanics and practice too, where you're learning, hey, we're going to plan over here. We're going to have our strategies over here, our tactics and our implementation and knowing the difference between where we are and what mood is supposed to be set, who's the right people for thinking of that. I know I'm peppering so much information, <laughs> but that's what's so funny is because there's so much value in to be in this and be studying it for three years. Yep. I truly believe that you have probably forgotten more than most people know about the topic. And the continued work in action is how we're going to keep going. Right. So we're going to get our homework in every month on time performer. <laughs> yes. But that's it. And I'm yep. not a good student and you're a better student than I am. <laughs> but you get busy. Yeah. And if you could just maybe tell me a little bit about how we, even if it's a company, as a busy owner, how do you make time to actually do the study? Like, how does that, how's that even possible with all of the stuff you have going on? Well, scheduling. And so, and that's one of the biggest things that you guys are focusing on in fundamentals of transaction is, you know, you keep, when you're in fundamentals of tra transaction, you keep hearing it. You're like, yeah, scheduling. Okay. Like, I hate my calendar. I'm like, you know, nobody, like, I don't want to do, could somebody do my calendar? Can I have an assistant for that? Like, you know, but that was one of the things. And I'm, you know, that is still one of the things. I think I put that on almost every one of my study papers. I still need to get better at scheduling. I'm doing better, but I need to get better. And it's also the, the prioritizing and the, that kind of falls in with the scheduling and then thinking realistically about, do I have time for this? Um, I know that you and I have both kind of looked at different groups that we've been involved in and different events that we look at going to. And, you know, I've seen you do it. You're obviously way better at it than I am, but <laughs> like, you know, no, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to attend this event. Like, yes, all my friends are going to be there or, oh, there's all these people, but really looking at, does it meet my aims? And I think we had a conversation about that one time you were asking me about a board position I was taking. Right. And um, it was, you know, now how does this help you meet your aims? And I was like, let me tell you, Mr. Domingo, I have a plan for this because I thought about it. Uh. <laughs> and so, you know, and it was, it was taking the board position. Yes, I'm, you know, I'm very connected to the organization. It's one that I want to support, but it was also a gateway into expanding into other departments within that organization. I had already done some work for them as well, but anything to get, you know, a little more recognition in the area and we're already servicing them. So, you know, it just makes sense to keep more business. We're doing the same thing for other departments that we could be doing for 10 other like additional departments that are on campus. So why not take the opportunity to market that? And I'm still giving back. It's not just, you know, we're still take, working. Take, take. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's so. a little bit of cause marketing in a way of, yeah. hey, I'm spent, I'm choosing to spend my time this way. Right. It's also going to benefit me while I benefit others. Yep. And that's a big thing for a lot of people, I think, that 
you know, maybe they, they look at business and it's just, uh, oh, it's business. Uh, they think of the Chamber <laughs> of Commerce and, oh, they just, all they want to do is cut down trees and move mountains. And you're like, wait, hold on. No, they give back. Yeah. The Ventura Chamber of Commerce, for example, is the reason that we still have uh, the Ortega Adobe in downtown Ventura. Like, yep. It's fascinating when you see what business can do for the community. Yep. And, and thank you for doing that. You're, you're one of the examples that I always think of because we had such a relationship through the county. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you being all the way on the other side of the county, me being in Ventura, you being in Simi Valley. Right. It, it was fascinating just to see the friendships that we forged through that young professional group yep. that still is there. Tim Joyce is also listening and said, <laughs> yay me, because he deserves that. And there's this kind of group of all of us, you, myself, Jen Caldwell, there's yep. a few of us that really kind of came up together that we're all kind of like, whoa, are we adults now? Like, <laughs> Look it, at us. <laughs> that's really good. I'm going to ask one more question and then I want to kind of get to your soapbox moment. But um, the answer that you gave was really good. And I, I love that you care, right? You're in communication when you can be in, in you help. To me, like your journey and what you kind of said about four or five minutes ago, a future in which you get to go and be at the mixers. Mm -hmm and then do the things that you want to do and know that the work is being done back home is the world that you're moving towards. Yes. <laughs> That's not what you typically hear from business <laughs> owners. It's not like a typical stereotypical way that people talk about entrepreneurship or right. anything like that. And you're building that reality and I see it happening. How far away do you think it is? How much more help do you need? Oh, geez. And, and here's the second question. Where did you get the help that allowed you to do that? How yeah. did you find the help? in your business that you're paying to allow you to work the way you want to and be the type of leader at your organization that you are? So I think we're close. I would like to, I mean, obviously I'd always like to be closer. If I could just go out and network and talk to people tomorrow and just be on boards and go to events and say, here, this is, you know, we do all these cool things at Canadian Awards. Here's all these things I can tell you about. Now go talk to my people and they will make everything happen for you kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I would say realistic, probably seven years, you know, is the, the time frame I'm working in trying to think accurately about it. And, you know, as much as I would love it to be tomorrow, it's not happening. <laughs> so, um, why isn't it happening? Uh, because we are still recovering <laughs> from the pandemic. The so, facts, so you're basing it on the yes, facts. Exactly. Fantastic. Keep going. You know, uh, the wishful thinking we've, you know, we're not winging it anymore. We're just, we're moving forward with the plan. But so I think really, using the personality types when I was going through the interview process, I just went, you know, I went through indeed got a ton of applicants, but one really stuck out, stuck out to me because they had some industry experience. Now it was more on the vendor side for me, but it still translates, you know, and looking for when we're out there looking for production people too, it's kind of what you touched on earlier too. It's not just about the personality type, but it's about the ambition or their willingness to do stuff. So, you know, we have, you know, we have employees where they're, they are so invested in what we're doing that, you know, they mess something up and they will walk into my office, apologize profusely, try to give me money for the product that they messed up. And I'm like, no, no, no like, it's okay. Like, that's, you know, this is, things happen. It's okay. But, you know, really paying attention to just that drive because you can't teach that. I can't teach somebody to do that. I can teach you how to run my laser all day. I can teach you how to make masks. I can teach you how to engrave stuff. I taught myself how to engrave things. So, you know, we'll, 
not wing it, but we'll make it work. We <laughs> yeah. have a plan. I know how to, but you can't train ethics. Exactly. You, it's hard. It's very difficult to be able to teach someone. It's the same thing with ambition. Yep. Kirkland often tells me, you know, if I enroll someone in our program and they're not going to do the work, yep. it's like pushing a person uphill with a rope. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work well yes. in his good old country way of saying it. Yeah. And so I, I love that you bring that up because I'm, I'm sure that's going to lead us straight to kind of your soapbox moment. I don't know what it's going to be about, but <laughs> we give everyone an opportunity at the end of our podcast to really stand on their soapbox and, and stick up for a thing. Yep. And and I'd love to hear what your soapbox moment is. So I think my soap, my biggest soapbox, you know, thing that I push is really paying attention to your relationships and leveraging your resources. So networking is something that I'm very, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do, you know, talking to people, and, you know, it's something that I learned from my dad as well. You know, if you go to my dad's restaurant, he, everybody knows him, you know, like all the regulars are like, oh, hey, Frank, like, thanks for the pancakes today. Everything was great, you know, and my dad just walks by. He's got this like beaming personality. Everybody wants to talk to him, you know, and he's, he talks back, you know, he's there, he's making everybody feel super welcome and it brings people back. And that's something that I try to emulate in my business as well is just, you know, when I'm at these networking events, hey, you know, hey, Tim, how's the polo working out? Oh, great. Like, oh, yeah, you have somebody wants more, send them my way. Great. Oh, cool. You know, or like, hey, how's your family doing? Like, even that personal touch, that's one thing that I think has really differentiated my business from a lot of other people that do things that are similar to mine is that personal connection. And it's the service aspect. And so you have that relationship you know networking is not what it used to be where it's just like here's my card call me like i'm a lawyer i can solve your problems kind of yeah. thing you know it's about like for me i have a customer who is an estate attorney and he is my go-to once i get everything figured out because one i trust him we have a relationship we've built you know he trusts me to recommend the right products for him and i trust him to you know create an estate for me that's going to protect everything and make the most sense. So, you know, really building those relationships and leveraging those resources out of those relationships, you know, like you said, it's a reciprocation thing. It's not just a take, 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 it's a give and take. And so, you know, that's how you can be successful. I mean, it even translates into your personal life. Like I have, you know, people who are like, oh, I'm going to matchmake. Like, I have somebody for you. Like, let me. And I'm just like, I'm a little busy right now, you know, but <laughs> like, good to know that you're thinking about me that way, you know? And it's like, you know, and a personal introduction is like way less scary than, you know, just randomly meeting somebody online. Like, no offense to anybody who's met on the dating <laughs> sites. Like, I know it works out for a lot of people, but I like the personal connection and, you know, things like that. So. On behalf of Crystal and myself, if you have single friends, please introduce us. <laughs> yeah. We are very interested in meeting them and thank you for the referrals. I love that. That's so fun. And it's so funny because it's, you know, that is an invitation for it's it's fascinating to see how it duplicates itself in business, in relationship, yep. in all those different ways. And it's there's there's something I heard that that you're saying and, and it's fascinating to me because I I really want to get this through to my really good friend. Um future. Crystal, as you're listening to this <laughs> in your car, yes. to remember the time that you were talking to Josh, I just want to make sure that you heard all of the things that you just ratted off, all of the things about business that you and I had no clue about four <laughs> years ago, all of the, the facts, the figures. I really do believe that you've done the work and it's showing. And the way that you move and the way that you're communicating it, it, it translates. Yeah, It's realistic. 
And it doesn't mean that, you know, every time we don't take a couple steps forward and then a half step back or, or there aren't things along the way. But as long as that overall trajectory is going the way that you want, you know, you talked earlier about, you know, why we call them aims. And, yeah. and I know that you're going to know why we call them aims in about three sessions <laughs> because you're going to get into Pogi's, you know, book of the, you know, um, philosophy of money. Yeah. And it's going to talk to you about that aims are a chain of goals mm -hmm. and these small goals get you to that aim. And when you bring that together with what you said about facts and terms, I know we're about to go in your studies <laughs> and I'm so excited for you. It's going to be so much fun. Anything else to, to say before we, we, we kick you out? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think like, you know, not to get all like sentimental, but like, it's been great. Like we have, we've been on a journey together. We've been growing together, you know, neither of us like, knew what we were doing in the beginning, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. it's been like, it's really been nice to like, to grow with somebody, you know, it's not just, well, Josh is up on this hill. It's like, we're walking up the hill together. <laughs> so when I, and like, you know, it's, it's, it's a pleasure for me because it's, it's when I talked to them at the very beginning, you know, why do you want to do sales? And I told John Patterson relationships, like yeah. that's, I want to be the relationship guy. Um, so if I do end up calling you and you hear this voice over the phone saying, hi, I'm Josh, <laughs> please be nice to me. That would be very kind. So thank you so much, Crystal, for being on the podcast. Yeah. Look forward to having you again. And I'm going to take us out. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you'd like to know more about us, go to influentialu.global and explore our courses, consulting, and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're new to Influential U, we recommend you start with Thrive, self-guided training. Thrive is a self-guided program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders, and industry experts. You'll get a proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims faster. Your membership also includes chat, and this chat access is a chat access to faculty, plus there are discounts to our transformative conferences. You can sign up today for Thrive and use promo code 20OFF, that's 20OFF, and you'll receive a 20% discount on that monthly description. That's coupon code 20OFF. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys next week because we do this each and every single week. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back next week at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So you can actually hit that little button and easily share the podcast with others. Tim Joyce, thank you in advance for sharing all of the conversation that your two best friends just had. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place you get your podcasts. Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads we talked about on today's episode. This podcast is made possible by the Influential You staff, faculty, and members all around the world. With special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, and contributions from Michael Teehee, Joey Anderley, Daryl Anderley, Paul West, Liz Smiley, and our special guest today, Crystal. Thank you so much. The Influential You podcast is produced by Influence Ecology, LLC in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded on October 5th, 2022. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Trained Everywhere. And if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you just take a quick moment, go to iTunes or your podcast app, and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know. And we'll see you next week on the Influential You Podcast. Oh,
Thank you.